0: Like
1: Everyone got one, what's your opinion? This is the yeah, ramp Room, tongues won't be bit. ain't no rules, just spill it, and anybody can get it, no limit, we get to kill it, you tuning into the thrillers, and no, ain't no stopping, no. any topic, even the random. I get to hope that you ready, we entering in the zone soon, we only grow grown shit. welcome to the ramble. Room, ah, it, that's What's up, everybody? It's your boy Hilliard Guess, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters' Rant Room. Where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, and we, opinionated, and we keep it 2022, y'all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on this show we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Little disclaimer: Chris Derrick is out today, but we got a dope show for you guys. See so if you guys are grown. Let's jump into the show. So today we got my big bro in the building. He's been on a at least once before, and yeah, then I think before. I did you for the Writers' Guild podcast. Uh-huh. That's right. Uh, writer, author, uh, producer, uh, what else? Oh, um, uh, film critic, like film, all kinds of Yeah, Reviewer, shit. Yep, reviewer? early times.: yeah yeah, 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 you do a bunch of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Hyphen it over there. Gary Goldstein. <laughs> Hilliard.: Indeed, R. indeed. His new book, "The Mother I Never Had," is out. Check that out. It'll be all in the show notes. I'll put all the links in there yeah. and everything like that. Um, welcome Great. to the show, Gary. Thank right you. Here.
2: Thrilled to be here. You know, I was here five years ago. Was it that long with ago? With uh, to promote my stage play, The Mother oh. I Never Had, which okay. was on over at Theater 40 in Beverly Hills. And we've talked about it. So it was it. a
1: play before it was a book? It was
2: a, no, no, no. This, no, that was, that was a play. That, mm-hmm. It's totally separate. That was a stage play, uh, April, May, and June. Um, oh, yeah, okay, and okay. Uh, and yeah, this book, The Mother I Never Had, is my second book, my second novel that I've written in two, uh, over the course of a couple of years, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's just been a great experience, a really joyful writing ride. You know, I've I've been writing scripts for for you know my whole career, a long time, never wrote a novel. Uh, I'm a constant reader, as even as a kid, I was always reading books. Right. Um, love to read, you know, particularly fiction. And, but I never wrote a book myself. And I always felt like as a screenwriter, there's just so little time, you know, it, it takes so long to write a script and to do it right and to right. rewrite, et cetera, that, that the thought of uh, tackling a book, it's just, there was no time. And I also didn't want to start it and not finish it. Right. Um, and maybe there wasn't an f- idea I had for a book per se that sort of, you know, that sort of knocked me out. But at the end of uh, 2019, a few months before the pandemic, I was reading something on Twitter, somebody I follow, a, ri- a screenwriter. Mm-hmm. And he said, if, you, um, if you're a screenwriter and you've always wanted to write a, a novel, but you feel like you don't have the time to do it, look at it this way. If you wrote started January 1st and wrote a page a day yeah. Just a page a day, you'd have your first draft done by the end of a year. Mm. And I'm thinking, wow, okay, that's not such a no pun intended novel <laughs> novel idea, but wow, you know, that, makes so much, that just spoke to me. Right. So at the beginning of 2020, um, I started, at the very beginning, I started writing my first book, which became The Last Birthday Party. Um, and uh, I just, it was a great process. I learned a ton. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought, as somebody who's done, done a lot of journalism work, I kind of thought the prose writing would be relatively similar as even writing writing narrative. I would have
1: assumed the same thing. yeah, yeah even as sure. writing
2: narrative yeah. in a, in a film, you know or yeah. a script. Um, and it is in many respects, but but you know, things like punctuation are different. and there's yeah. just lots of like very subtle differences that I didn't know, and that's why you have an editor. Um, but anyway, I finished the book in about six months. I read wow. it, cover to cover. I was like, this is pretty good, hmm. and it was. You're long. a great writer, thank anyway, you. So I'm not so. Well, well, thank you, but I, yeah. but it was long, and I was like, well, I'm just gonna start. I'm gonna get it to an editor, and mm-hmm. I got it to a, a professional book editor. Mm-hmm. She read it. She uh, edited the whole thing for me. Uh, you know, I hired her to do it. She mm-hmm. edited the whole thing did a fantastic job and then when it was really in, in in much better shape i started submitting it to agents and and publishing houses okay. and ultimately found a, a publisher and uh it came out le, uh august of 2021 last summer um and it was a great process mm-hmm. um, and that book was uh, it wasn't autobiographical in in many ways but the main character is the main character, who is very different than me. What However, was that? What was that about? Uh, that so one uh, was called the Last Birthday Party. Mm-hmm. And it was about a man who, uh, a, a writer living in L.A., living in Laurel Canyon, which is where we live. And uh,
1: <laughs> sounds so sound familiar. A little man. familiar. And, he, and he's also
2: a film reviewer for the L.A. Times. <laughs> okay. uh, but but you know m- maybe somebody who's more of a staffer than than, than I've been. Mm-hmm. Um, and but he's also a screenwriter. And um, at, uh, he he turns fifty, and his wife throws him a party that he did not want. And they have a huge fight when the party's over. Mm. And the next morning he wakes up and she's left him. Mm. And in the course of 24 hours, three calamities befall this guy.
0: <laughs> and
2: literally his life is in the toilet 24 hours after he turns 50. Nice. And the whole book is about how over the course of a year he, he puts his life back together in, in, a, in, an, extra, in an extraordinary way that c- was completely unexpected. Okay. Um, and ends up getting back into his first career, which was a screenwriter. Mm. And he's somebody who many, many years before, when he was like in his late 20s, had a big script sale to a studio, mm-hmm. sold a romantic comedy uh, and uh, just nev- not, didn't get made. and He was never able to sell anything else. And mm-hmm. he left it. And he as he as he's, has this time, some, I won't give it away, but something happens in the book where he's, he's, a, little, um, uh, he's a little indisposed for about six weeks. Mm. Uh, he decides to pull out an old screenplay of his. And he reads it and he goes, I think this is pretty good. I'm going to rewrite it. And he rewrites it and his life turns around in a big way. But mm-hmm. it's, about, it's about love, it's about marriage, it's about relationships, it's about one of my favorite topics, which is what brings people together romantically and what splits those same people apart. Now, how do people go from uh, I love you, I want to spend the rest of my life with you, to I can't be in the same room with you. How, did, how does that happen? Yeah, that,
1: that's interesting. Yeah. See, now, okay, let's get in real quick. <laughs> now I'm really curious, knowing a little about your background, right. and we've known each other for a right. long time, I'm curious of why.
2: Like why?
1: why. Why? Why are those the type of themes? I'm interested. Right, in. yeah.
2: Because um, I've seen so many people, as we all have, seen so yeah. many people in my life, starting with my parents, okay. who had a very, very difficult, very tempestuous marriage and ultimately got divorced when mm-hmm. I, uh, after they were married 29 years, almost 30 years. And so I grew up around that. And my parents would always you know they made a really uh, on the surface they made an attractive couple they seemed very you yeah, know I remember your dad was really yeah, handsome yeah my remember, yeah. dad was handsome my mother was really beautiful mm-hmm. they they, they <clears throat> made an attractive couple they seemed very together mm-hmm. but they were just constantly battling with each other i grew up in a house where people essentially threw plates at each other you know and and <laughs> so much love yeah, over there yeah so much love yeah but you know my they they would always say that they did love each other which is why it took them so long to get a divorce mm-hmm. and i'm like okay if you loved each other that much what happened now observing them hmm. and they were both very good people just in, together there were just there were lots of things that went down between okay. them but but uh, i was always like if you loved each other enough you'd figure out a way to make it work right and to, to my mother died many many years ago but my father who lived he died six years ago but he lived for you know, 30 years after she she died you know he would always blame their relationship on things and i would say dad if you love mom enough uh, you would have found a way to make it work. All mm. the things that stopped you, you would have found a way. No, mm. no, no, you don't understand. No, I was there. I understand. <laughs> so that's always been fascinating to okay, me. I and I've it. seen I a lot it. of people in my life, you know, who you don't know what that turn is, that moment that it turns bad. Now listen, with some couples, they lose a child or, or, or something really tragic happens or, you know, somebody has an affair or something mm-hmm. that's a real, a real rupture. In the last birthday party, his wife, nothing bad has happened with them. They've just drifted apart. the wife has been his wife has been aware of it and he really hasn't and she's like you haven't been paying attention for the last five years you know and you need to start paying attention Mm. but it's too late so anyway that book is it's a romantic comedy ultimately Mm -hmm. and it's it's uh it's just it's very it's a real la story it's a real hollywood story it's very fun did very well um and then the same publisher ended up picking up my new book which i wrote during throughout 2021
1: called the mother i'm going to interrupt you a little bit just forgive me do you have to pitch them like here's the story I think I want to do next or I, how does I that work? I told them the there was no guarantee I
2: was going to go back to them mm-hmm. nor, nor would they pick up my book, you know, because they're very they're very selective. They don't right. they don't uh, uh, publish a lot of books. It's a smaller house. Um but when I told them what I was writing, they were like, "Oh, that sounds great. You know, can't wait to read it." Right. You know, which is um, you know, which but it wasn't a, a oh we're gonna do this you know it wasn't like it wasn't like pitching a film let's say. So you, you almost know, still was, had to write it on spec. I wrote Rogers. it. I wrote, I wrote the whole thing on spec. Okay. Yeah. Um, and um, and then ultimately when I gave it to them, uh, which was after which I gave it to them last fall. So the bur- last birthday party had come out. We mm-hmm. had had a great relationship, great group of people running the, running the house. Um, and so i think we were both favorably disposed to working with each other but you know the writing had to be there and i didn't want to have a sophomore jinx in this book (laughs) so it took them a while you know maybe six weeks two months or something you know Mm -hmm. and then they came back to me and said we love the book we'd be honored to publish it if you want us to publish it you know and that was great and i was i was i i was hoping that would be the response but you know you don't know um, but uh yeah it's you are kind of starting over all the time now if you happen to be with a publisher that makes deals you know sometimes the bigger publishers will make uh, you know they'll buy a book they'll want it there's some competition mm. they'll want uh, you know a two or three book deal from you right. uh that, that's that's
1: where i was going yeah, yeah. that
2: wasn't this <coughs> case but mm-hmm. but it was there were more one offs but um but i was really happy and and it's again it's been a great experience and then and this book the mother i never had came out uh last week mm-hmm. uh, the middle of october um, and it's a very very different it's very different than most things that I've written it's very serious i mean most of what i've written has been well
1: you're like you have so much humor in your yeah writing, well so. well
2: it's all it's funny i'll tell you that and thank you for saying that but um uh most of what i've written is comedy romantic comedy mm-hmm. family comedy dramedy family dramedy i've written right. many stage plays too and mm-hmm. they tend to tend to draw you know sort of straddle the line between comedy and, and drama but the laughs are big when there are the laughs um and um He's being very, very humble. Very humble very about humble. this, by the way. Him,
1: I know himself and uh, <laughs> my other big bro, Donald Martin. The two of them, <laughs> the two of them write literally a Christmas movie or some some kind of movie every bloody year. I know there's always something going on. But um, uh, shout out to Donald, by the way. <laughs> yeah, love Donald.
2: Um, but um, so with this, though, it, it was a story. Um, and I'll tell you a little bit about what it's about, but it's it's a serious story, and I didn't feel how did it come to you? How did it come? To you? Well. It's the story of a man who uh, is 30 years old mm-hmm. and he, his father dies of cancer kind of suddenly and he has been his father raised him from uh, from childbirth basically from sure. you know from when he was an infant alone and has never remarried or anything like that and he's a great guy the father's been an amazing dad he and his father were like very close he was the dad was his idol he was a great guy charming handsome he was a a professor a literary uh, an english lit professor at occidental college out in eagle rock which mm-hmm. is where much of the book takes place um and uh and then the father dies and the father Dies, leaving a secret behind that that uh, Nate, who's the main character, in a million years would never have expected. Ooh. And it's such a shattering secret. A little mystery. In it's there, a little right? mystery. Mm-hmm. It's such a shattering secret, and it becomes about what happens when you find yourself at 30 years old, an orphan, and then suddenly you find yourself with another parent that you never knew existed, mm-hmm. and you have to, as an adult now, bring somebody into your life. You spent your whole life kind of worshiping. Two people, one person, a mother who you thought you had, who never existed, and a father who did exist, but lied to you his entire life. Nice. And how do you just? How do you just? How do you? You know, it's idols falling. And how do you justify that? How do you? How do you deal with the memory of your father and the father who isn't there to, he's not there to to um, answer for Ooh. any of these questions. Yeah. And then somebody else comes into your life and says they are your real mother, Ooh. and you have no way of no way of checking. And. Uh, uh, you know, and it's not a it's it's not one of those twenty three me dna mm-hmm. kind of stories right. it, you know it has elements of that, but that's not it. It's really an emotional like how do you emotionally believe that somebody is you know you, is you have to
1: like shift your brain to believe something <laughs> new. well completely because so, yeah. yeah.
2: everything you knew for thirty years, right. your entire yeah. life is gone
1: yeah.
2: um and uh and it's and he's also has a girlfriend who mm-hmm. he's been kind of on again off again with and and through the relationship with this woman who comes comes who presents herself that says that he she's his mother as that relationship evolves and devolves and evolves again the relationship with jennifer his girlfriend kind of goes back and forth and finds its place as a result of of the thing so it's it's basically a coming-of-age story for somebody who's 30 years old and he's kind of a a landscape designer in la has a successful business is one of those guys that gets down in the dirt and does everything himself he's got you know a business partner and and crew but you know he's a very down-to-earth uh salt-of-the-earth kind of guy but he's he's um, he's mourning, you know, and he's he, it's and his life is he's really doesn't know what to make of it, and he doesn't have the psychological tools to really. He's a good guy, mm-hmm. but doesn't have the psychological tools to really put it all together. Let me a- and that's how he how he gets there.
1: Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one of the things that that, like I was saying earlier, you and I go back several years, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, how long were you the the gay committee chair, uh, uh, chair,
2: chair, uh, about fifteen, sixteen
1: years. Okay. Yeah. So, was, were you like one of the first to start it? I was. Mm-hmm. The, I was the
2: second chair. Yeah. Okay. I was a fa- a, a quote founding member, and, right. and I became. I was the vice chair first, then I became the chair. Yeah.
1: Here's here's what I'm. We'll get back to the yeah. book. Just yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. Sure. jump for a quick second. Yeah. Um. So you just told me about two stories, that are about straight people, right. which is fascinating right. to me, and and no judgment. Right, I'm just course, like, so oh, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Because you can is one thing. Right. right. <laughs> and we're not that far apart from each other. Right, right. You just go to the left and third it to the right, right sometimes, right, right? right? Here's the interesting thing is do you do you do you find yourself like, for example, I'm jumping just a little yeah. bit. Like everybody's went and saw bros, right? Are those stories in your head, or do you just find yourself more drawn to more well, here, here's, you know, yeah,
2: yeah. Here, here's a historical fact okay. about my writing. Um, I wrote uh, my first three stage plays, which were on in 1996, mm. 1999, and 2002. Were all three. Very gay, th- very much gay <laughs> themed comedies. Okay. One was about what um, was sort of a coming out comedy mm-hmm. um, between a, a, a son, his father, and the, the, the main character's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one was two of those the, the his main character and the boyfriend return in the second play, and it's all about having a child, the concept of having a child. This is 1999 okay. and how the father comes back and how the father has to deal with the concept of his son and another man having a child. Mm, that's ahead of the game. Yes, that was 1999. <coughs> And the third uh, play, Three grooms and a Bride," was about a, a gay couple and their straight best friends who plan a double wedding and the mm. craziness that ensues okay. and that was all very ahead of its time, yeah and even though when they were on people it almost felt like it was absolutely within its time, but there was a little, <laughs> little science fiction in some of it okay. you know and certainly the the marriage one it was not it was not legal marriage, it was commitment ceremony or whatever but the, but it was you know at a time back then too you know people you know gay couples had had weddings it's just yeah. you could call it what you want you it could be you know be what it you just want wasn't legal. it just wasn't legal yeah, where yeah, the straight sure. marriage would mm-hmm. be so i so i wrote those um, the, uh, the one of the, the second the f- first first movie i got made mm-hmm. was a, a independent uh, comedy called uh, if you only knew and that was um, about a straight man who pretends to be gay hmm. to uh, to rent an apartment because to the, rent an to apartment rent a, because he's living in New York and the the, the woman who's, who has a, a an apartment to share uh, she will only rent to women or gay men because oh, she doesn't want the pressure of a of a Three's straight man and me. she <laughs> likes gay men, yeah exactly and so he pretends <clears throat> to be gay he he doesn't pretend it he, it kind of happens mm. and it's sort of about of course the 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 real romantic relationship that 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 ends up happening mm-hmm. with him and this attractive, um, you know, straight woman right. who he's rooming with. But you know, it's very much a you know a gay comedy. Um, but
1: see, that still talks to your themes.
2: Yeah, oh, that yeah. I
1: that I still hear. Yeah, no matter what the story is. Um, no, but I, I'm, I'm appreciating all this. Yeah. This is all this is all great. Yeah. I'm yeah. just kind of like, oh, that's fascinating yeah. that you. The last two books you went that way on it but it doesn't go against the themes you're talking about no and at the know? same
2: time you know i've written um i've written plenty of other sure. know, gay themed things gay characters but i think a lot of times you have to look at particularly in the book world mm-hmm. you have to look at not so much what'll sell who your audience is who wants to read something and what i did like for example with with um the last birthday party well back to back up i kind of think that like with anything unless being gay is you know or or trans or or any, anything is, is a is part of the story is cr- crucial to the story right. I'm maybe a little less inclined to go there because it opens up some doors that narratively um, it, it, it you don't you don't need to go there with it you know I'm trying to tell universal stories in, right. in a way um, however like for example with with um, uh, with the last birthday party um, I gave um, Jeremy, the main character, a phenomenal 23-year-old gay son <laughs> who is the son everybody would want. Son, <laughs> I wish I wish would appear at my doorstep. <laughs> you know, he's a fantastic... You <laughs> know, hold on, character. hold on, hold on. Somebody <laughs> just... <laughs> there did. he is. All right. Come on in. Uh, you know, he's a great guy. Really, you know, just charming and attractive and a little loopy, but just a great son. And the, and And part of the romance in the book is the son actually... Gets together with the with the nephew <coughs> of one of the other main ca- of okay. of the the woman who ends up in a relationship with uh, with Jeremy with the main okay. character and a lot of it is about that it's it's a little a little parallel relationship mm-hmm. so that's why so there's some I, supporting there was, characters yeah there. exactly and I felt like I wanted you know you want the world in some re- ways to reflect your world I mean I try to write write books with with diversity in them sure. I mean, you just try to do all that and then with this book with the mother I never had. <clears throat> Um, I do give um, uh, Nate, uh, the main character, a gay couple as neighbors, and they are they are the they are the, the people. Who I bet they're hilarious. Dude, no, right? actually they're not. They? <laughs> well, they're they're f- they're fun. You know, they're fun, but right. they're more more fun than he is. But um, <laughs> but they turn into be very pivotal characters because okay. they are in the end they are part of the reason that he's able to. Do what he needs to do to uh, the resolve. resolve right. it. Yeah, they're <laughs> like this this extra wheel, you know, mm-hmm. that helps it going. So, you know, I think you just like everything. You know, you have to you have to figure out what works best for your story. And I could make ca- characters anything. They, sure. th- these two books, they could be any race, any religion, any you know, any sexuality, anything. Yeah. It's just kind of like for your audience and for who's going to read it. Um, I don't know. I just it was just kind of the way I didn't question it, it just went with it. But I did want every I, I did want it to feel diverse in, in many ways and I did want it to feel real and especially both set in LA, I felt that was important.
1: I was scrolling through something that on your Facebook yesterday and it was talking about Fresno. Uh-huh. What, what's the Fresno? Fresno. Thing? Well Bill,
2: my husband, he's he's from Fresno, okay. California. And uh, and I've spent lots and lots of time up in Fresno and Fresno has spent lots of time down here with us um and See, i was
1: thinking the book took place there well it, it, it
2: part of it does oh okay and so most of it is set in la like mm-hmm. i said it's set primarily in the eagle rock area uh mm-hmm. it's also set in other parts of la but mm-hmm. but nate lives in eagle rock uh which i, I an area i like and i think it's a really kind of interesting area to, to write mm-hmm. about it's not not ta- that area is not written about a lot the way like west hollywood is or hollywood mm-hmm. or something or laurel canyon like mm-hmm. I did um, and uh, so, in the the story is that he need, he I needed a city that was that the father could be from. His father could could be from uh, that he, Nate would have to go back to okay. at some point. That's far enough. That was far enough away mm-hmm. to be a drive and an overnight, but not so far that like it would take forever. Because right. my my timeline in the book he had it was like, it a, like three hours. It's about three 3:15. Okay. Yeah, three fifteen. Yeah, from from LA, three yeah. fifteen drive. And Fresno is a really nice city. It's mm-hmm. really very livable. It, it, you know, it, it's friendly. It's the kind of place that people stay. You know, they were born there, they stay. It's just a nice place to live. Okay. Um, and a booming, it's become very booming over time. Real estate's very valuable there now, and, you know, it's a very nice city. Um, so, and in my books, which are, you know, which are very kind of location-centric, mm-hmm. I really, I, I try to make the locations vivid and be and use real places and be very clear and descriptive. And so I, I was able to... Um, use fresno (coughs) for these couple of chapters that were that take place there you know and make them really vivid because i had been there now you can do that with any city you can Mm -hmm. go i can i could take a drive to to san diego and uh, or someplace or you know pismo beach or wherever it is Mm -hmm. and just you know spend a couple of days there and learn about it but it just it made sense to me and and also (coughs) and it just seemed right you know for the people that that i was writing about it it kind of seemed right um and so well,
1: you also have the reference from the hubby yeah anytime you need well, exactly. it exactly hey bill i got a question i know it was kind of like well, how far is it from there exactly well it was funny
2: because like <laughs> there's a, a, a very in fresno there's a, a really nice little shopping area called fig garden village mm-hmm. and there was there's a whole foods there and I, and I said to bill i said well that that couldn't have been a whole foods forever because this book flashes back 30 years okay. and he goes no it was it was something else but you have to be careful because the the that market did not become a Whole Foods. That market closed, and two doors down, the Whole Foods opened. So right. it was like little. So it expanded yeah, into it, it. it. Just little things like that. It was like a different. It was you can't. You, I couldn't say. Oh, it, it's, it 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 turned into a right. little right. things like that that yeah. nobody would know. But if you're from a city, and I did this interview with the Fresno Bee re- recently, which is the Fresno Daily Paper. That was it. Yeah, was it. yeah, yeah. And uh, and we talked all about the locations, and I was like, I didn't want anybody to. Read it and say, "Oh, this guy's not from here. He doesn't right. know it, you know." Yeah. So I wanted it. I wanted it to be accurate. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean that's that's part of our job. Like, um, I remember the very first script I wrote in two thousand two thousand one, was took place in England, in mm. London, which I had never been to at mm. the time. And but I remember it was one of the early versions because they were been ahead of us on having the cameras that can go through the streets, right, and right. <clears throat> so I was able to see right. like what. Things but it was still before like. the internet, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah it right. wasn't. Uh, Anyway, but I was able to use that Google, whatever uh, the yeah. thing was, and really see like what the street was and imagine. Okay, mm-hmm. if we are now in 2001, now looking back, you know, 30 years, 40 mm-hmm. years ago, whatever it was in the 60s, I was like, oh, okay, then it would look that probably wouldn't be there anymore. Right, right. You know, that yeah, would it, probably would be this and this. Yeah. I was able to at least... Because people who read it who were from England thought I was from England. Uh-huh, really. You know, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Tri- it's
2: tricky. But, you know, and also, if you don't get into into too much detail, mm-hmm. you can you you know you, you can get into less trouble. Right. Um, but I kind of like the detail, you know. Yeah, it's got to feel like a character. Yeah. It's got to feel like... And in a book, you know, I've said this before, That in a book, um, you as the author are the camera. Right. You know, so you have to paint that picture. In a screenplay... The director and the camera, you know, the the, the DP and all that—they will be your camera. They will be right. the, the eyes, and they'll help help the audience see see what you have. You, you, what you write as a screenplay is the blueprint for the visuals, essentially. In a book, it's just all you. I mean, it's all you are—the the descriptor and the camera.
1: You should think about how you could do, if not turn one of those into, then how you could do just a standalone something, knowing that you have that ability especially with your humor, Mm -hmm. there's just such a need for that particular thing and where I'm about to go. So like we have a deal with um, Audible at Blue Monday. Mm -hmm. And so we have a slate of like 15, 16 projects. We're doing just in Audible Mm -hmm. stuff. And we brought in a whole nother VP to handle all that, right? Where I'm going with this is that descriptive, being able to be in the head of of the character Mm -hmm. thing, is like so important in scripted audible mm-hmm. that it might be an easy transition for you Yeah, to consider, like, hmm, I should write something or, you know, uh, 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 what do you call it? Um, when you take something and put it in something, well, transpose, the, transfer, that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean. Well, it's, 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 a, it's a really
2: good point, and, and it was funny because my first book got an audiobook deal. Okay. Last birthday Party, is, It's on audiobook. Oh, it's on Audible. Yeah, it, it's on Yeah, well, it's not. It's not, Audible isn't the publisher, but okay. it's on. Well, you can, you buy it on on uh, uh, Amazon, mm-hmm. and I guess it's on is Audible on Amazon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's how you buy. it.
0: Right. Um, and
2: it was fascinating because I had never really listened to audiobooks, and and I and and they sent me three voices. Uh, three actor mm-hmm. voice actors and said pick one you know my publisher and I. how got, much
1: do they get a chance to read so you can make a decision it's not like a little paragraph they
2: it? read i think each of them read the first chapter
1: okay that's good so yeah, it, gave, you it a chance gave me a to good, really good chance
2: and it was funny because the very first voice was like i don't need to listen to anybody else this guy's great <laughs> oh, Okay, you know? yeah. and it wasn't the voice i had in my head certainly not my voice yeah. but i was great and what was so cool <laughs> was that he articulated so well, much more than I would have. People have said, oh, did you, do the, uh, did you voice the audio? Yeah, it happened to me. That I said, me. no way. I talk too fast. I talk too fast. Now, this guy is like, he enunciates, but in a way that, you know, you, you have you have one person playing all these characters, and you have to kind of differentiate it, yeah. and yet not, you know, like, become the character, you know. Right. You're not
1: doing a woman's voice. Exactly, just, yeah. exactly. Not yeah. putting on accents. You're yeah. just reading it. I probably you know. listened just between you yeah. and I, and I've said this on my show before, I just started a new book yesterday. I think I counted twenty-three books this year alone. Wow! I'm an audible head. You, like you, I just
2: listen. Do you listen like driving in the
1: car? Driving in a yeah, car. Yeah. Sometimes at the gym when I'm getting dressed, when I'm uh, getting ready for bed. Yeah. When it's I'm a cooking. It's a great. It's, just it's
2: a great way to experience yeah. books. And you know, like i i honestly have on the first my first book have had a lot of friends, mm-hmm. generally men who are like not readers, do not read books. They'll read magazines. They'll read the paper. They'll yeah. read you know whatever, but they don't read books. And for me, I'm like, I don't get it, but okay. Are you going to make this one audible too? Hopefully, yeah. Okay. We have to try to make that deal yeah. happen. Um, and uh, and my friends have been like, look, once when it's an audio book, I'll buy it and listen to it. And I said,
1: great, fine, whatever. We're just you in know, that, it's just cool, whatever. Attention spans. So, so now
2: that it's on that's been on audiobook for a long time my friends are like you know well I I got the book but I when I drive in my car I like listening to my podcast and it's kind (laughs) of hard to wrench me away and I'm gonna get to it I'm gonna get to it yeah it's a very funny you know so you learn a lot about people you know when they're uh, you know here's what I always
1: say like when I talk about my podcast because a lot of times my podcast you know are long an hour two hours long and so I'm like don't look at the fact that it's two hours play it when you feel it play right it 10 minutes here 10 minutes well there. that's the beauty of a you podcast I mean? yeah. you can
2: just you can just turn it on turn it off i listen to things in pieces i yes. I, I go walking or hiking every day and i'm always listening to something Boom. but it's not i'm not going to finish a whole podcast right. and, and and i don't want to i want yeah. it's like a tv show i want to i want it to come back and i want to see another episode right um but anyway you know so so it, you know your questions are great in terms of like you know how you make these decisions about about what you write and And I think one of the things that I've I've enjoyed about my career is to be able to work in different disciplines. You know, so I've written, I started off writing uh, episodic TV. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of expanded into writing screenplays and then into stage plays and uh, then i ended up writing starting to write tv movies which is like writing features but it was you know it's it's, it's the venue is a little different um and then kind of brand, uh, branched so out in, into writing books
1: in that world it just depends on what network like if it's Hallmark or if yeah. it's Lifetime or if it's whatever well, they, they have, have their own little well, mandate. they all right? have
2: their their mandates, they all have their structures but essentially you're writing a screenplay. It's no different, you know. And it's Sorry. funny because you know people. You know, there was a period, you know, back, you know, back when I started writing TV movies, which was like 2010, mm-hmm. you know, where I would be like, well, you know, writing a TV movie is not much different, no different really, than writing a theatrical screenplay. You write a screenplay, and mm-hmm. then yes, on TV they divide it into nine episodes, but that mm-hmm. doesn't change the structure of your of your story,
0: yeah, not at all.
2: Um, et cetera. And it was always like, well, yeah, but people look at movies and TV very differently, and now they don't. And now the way the world has become is that and the difficulties of getting things made despite how much, you know, seeming opportunity or access or, or uh, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, ground to cover there is um, in the in this streaming world, uh, it's not easy. And I think people realize anytime you can you can write something that gets made in one form or another and hopefully gets made well, you're ahead of the game.
1: You know? and, and that's, where, that's yeah. what I was telling you, I think, offline is, you know, when I think of you in all the, you know, 12, 13, 14 years I've known you, it seems like every year you have a movie out on, on Lifetime on or one of those channels, Hallmark yeah. something, yeah. you always have a movie out, Yeah, it seems I, like. I've had a, a,
2: a very, very fortunate run, but yeah. um, I, I ended up, you know, you write things and, and you can write a couple of things a year and then sometimes, right. it's even in the TV world, movie world, it takes a while for them to get on so it may, you may skip a year, you sure. lose a year. Um, I have a, a new Christmas movie that's um, uh, going to be talk about, talk Premiering about. November 5th uh, on Hallmark Channel called Life, Lights, Camera, Christmas, <laughs> uh, which I love and they did a fantastic job with it. I can't wait awesome. for everybody to see it. Um, and it's about a, 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 a company, a TV comp- movie company that, that comes into, as a streaming company actually, mm-hmm. that comes into a town in Colorado to shoot a Christmas movie. Called my favorite Santa, and <laughs> and, and uh, a woman who works in, who lives in the town, grew up in the town. She runs a like a uh, recycled clothing store, and she's also like a fashion designer on the side, like a you know for, like as a hobby. And she's really good. Mm. And uh, you know, in, in movie fashion, the costumer when the before the movie movie within the movie begins, the the costumer ends up quitting and they are in desperate need of a costume uh-huh. and of course our our woman from the town is hired you know against every everything she knows <laughs> to be true <laughs> ends up stuck being the, the costumer for this movie and, and everything all, goes wrong right, right yeah everything everything yeah and it's a little wrong in the beginning then it starts going right and she mm-hmm. like finds her groove basically mm-hmm. and she ends up in this kind of flirtation this relationship with the lead actor who is uh, his name is brad baxter and he's the, he's the he is, is the king of christmas movies and he has been in 15 christmas movies Hilarious. and he's just like so full of himself mm-hmm. and he's just happy-go-lucky and everybody loves him and she's somebody who doesn't she's not into christmas movies she doesn't mm-hmm. really get them her mother perfect sh- person who she lives with <laughs> is like a total movie fan mm-hmm. she the mother rattles off all the mo- names of the movies that she's been in he's been in brad has been in and, and carrie the you know her daughter is like None of those ring a bell to me. And the mother says, How can you live with me and not know who, who any of these titles? And she goes, I don't know, they kind of all run together. Uh, but it's <laughs> yeah. how she learns to love Christmas and movies and Christmas again through this relationship with Brad and what happens. Um and it's all kind of told in flashback from the premiere of the actual movie within Ooh. the movie, uh and at a Q and A Q&A at it. Um and it's uh, it's really fun. So uh that was um that was uh that'll be at November fifth. Oh that's it. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's very cool and um, uh, that's really cool so did you find now here's the thing that i hear and tell me if this is true or yeah. not it's just a rumor i've heard yeah. <coughs> from other writers yeah. is that if you can write a christmas movie that sucker will have legs and they'll play it every year and mm-hmm. et cetera have you found that since you've had yeah. other yeah yeah well there's two, every two things i will it? say
2: i'll answer your question and i'll i'll give a piece of advice to sure, sure. our listeners one is um, yeah the Christmas movies are perennials um, of course you know this year alone I think a hundred something like a hundred forty Christmas movies are being aired are between all me? the streamings well Hallmark has 40 or 41 alone wow. between their two channels okay. uh, lifetime has something in the 20s uh, um, Netflix has a bunch mm-hmm. uh, up TV has a, has a dozen or more GAC which is a newer network uh, has <coughs> you know a, a ton and then you've got uh, Hulu has one, and mm-hmm. and and BET has a bunch, yep. and and it, it Discovery Channel, I think, has one or like you know they like it, you know the names of the channels don't mean anything anymore. <laughs> <you> know, it's, <laughs> just, it's, a, it's a vessel. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of being a, there's a lot of need for content. So like on Hallmark, and I've written a few for a Lifetime too. Um, they when they first air, they rerun a lot during the during oh. the season during Christmas. Now Hallmark they begin airing their Christmas movies October tw- this weekend, October twenty first. Mm-hmm. So you know there's a lot of time to replay my movie uh, is going to be on November right. 5th you know right now it's scheduled for five airings in November or probably be another five in in December
1: oh you already w- know
2: w- yeah they 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 usually schedule them it's online they schedule okay. them like in advance so it's like five and then probably another five um and then i r- i have a couple of older christmas movies i've written for them one is just now on their streaming service, and the other one is uh, sometimes shuttles between their drama channel or their movies and mysteries channel and, okay. and streaming. But they do rerun, um, as do all the movies I've written. Right. They rerun, but of course over time they rerun less and less and less. <laughs> so you that, need new movies to yeah. get you know whatever and, and uh, all that. In Lifetime, I wrote a, I wrote a TV a uh, streaming Christmas movie. Uh, about four years ago, called Mr. 365. Oh, that's, and that was also a great title. It's I a great that, title. It's based yeah. on a book. It's about a man who celebrates Christmas every day of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a little issue, <laughs> 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 which, of course, the great woman who comes into his life helps him deal with. Um, but uh, it was retitled Forever Christmas, and it ended up being picked up by Lifetime to be part of their uh, you know, the following year, maybe two years later, their cycle of new of new Christmas movies Perfect. new to them, um, and then it played a lot and and you know and still reruns I think on there. So yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's a great thing. Now, if you but if you do a film for a Christmas film for Netflix or or Peacock or anything like that, you know the residuals are very different. There really aren't what you would call residuals yeah. in cable TV, Hallmark, Lifetime. There are significant residuals. So it's it's just the the the, the structure is very different. Um,
1: but let me, let me yeah. just ask you this then. Yeah. <clears throat> so I was just telling, um, I was speaking to some writers at some film school the other day. They invited me to come talk to them and I was talking about how there's so many writers, like let's just use you and Donald Martin right. just as yeah. an example. Guys that have been working for years mm-hmm. make a great living you don't know who your fuck your names are, right? <laughs> right, exactly. I'm there like, there like, are way more people like you, yeah. than there are the right. you know Billy Ray's. Well, like people the like theater that.
2: actors, you yeah. know, I, I was I'm always amazed that like uh, I, and not uh, you know their their talents are you know untouchable as far as yeah. I'm concerned. M- musical theater mm-hmm. stars on Broadway, but you know they're like there's not a you know th- th- there's a whole group of them that are just their gods, you know, and they're just they can always get a musical right. done, and you know they're they're fantastic, and people don't know who they are beyond. So, you know, you watch the Tonys, like nobody knows who these people yeah. are, you know, which is so so tragic, way more tragic than, than anybody knowing, knowing my name or not. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing is that you, there are, in, in sc- the screenwriting world, and I feel it's this way with film directors too, there used to be, you know, starting in whatever, 60s, 70s, whatever, you know, there used to be, um there were the auteurs There used to be you you know who who are the right screenwriters that we that we are like the household names it it, it was uh, you know paul schrader Mm -hmm. and of course he ended up directing a lot too you know yeah yeah, yeah. it's just it's kind of not that way anymore in in the same way that Movies are very successful without big name actors in them, yeah. you know just because you're i mean I'm, hollywood won 't tell you that yeah of course, <laughs> you know, of course. But, so you know but yeah I mean but like look i've always been you know i 've been very fortunate to, to you know to work to, to work fairly regularly yeah. and, and you know be able to to have a career and make a living but um, i it, you know i 've always just considered myself a a working journeyman writer you know and that 's it, and a long time ago, I took the clock off, I took the you know, the, the pie in the sky off of wh- what my expectations sure. were, what I needed. I just wanted to work, you know, make a, make some kind of decent living, mm-hmm. write stuff that people liked, that people saw, and move on to the next project. You I know? was just,
1: Here's one of the things I was telling <laughs> the kids the other day. I said, most of the people I know start working the most when several things happen. They do a version of what you're talking about where, fuck the world, mm-hmm. I'm doing what I want to <laughs> do. I'm gonna be happy, yeah. I'm, just, I'm gonna roll in this lane here and I'll be right. fine. The other people do the thing where they're like, you're known as a romantic comedy guy and you go off and write a horror movie. Right. That is fucking, you know, a quiet place. Right. You know yeah. what yeah. I mean? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just an example. Yeah. And everybody's yeah. like, yeah. why are you doing that? No, don't do that. That's the one that blows, yeah. right? The other thing I was telling them is, nine times out of 10 that project, even that project that you wrote, that everybody gets their attention, that one doesn't get produced. Right, right. What it becomes is that sample yeah. that everybody's like, oh, Gary, Gary, Gary wrote yeah. this amazing horror right. script. We mm-hmm. should get him to write such and such and such, right? And such, exactly. Right? Yeah. I said, once you start taking the pressure off yourself about having to sell that thing, yeah. you will be much more in a place where I'm going to use this thing to to get another job. Mm-hmm. You will take pressure off yourself. That's when it started changing for me. I yeah. was so trying to do this thing, and I was like, wait a minute. Everybody keeps wanting to read this fucking script. Everywhere I go, that script gets me in every room. Right. Let me just see where this goes. I know this is a great story, and it should be done. It was my Tulsa script. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I guess this is not going to be done. But I keep getting in every room. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to use that. And then it started getting me assignments. And I was right. like, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't
2: plan these things. Yeah. You know, And in, in, in I can't vouch for acting or directing. But in, in, in screenwriting, I've learned that you can't plan you know what, you, what where you want to go what you want to do you, you know I, I always say we make the very best decisions we can we can make for ourselves at any given moment right. and that's it that's all you can do. Um, and the business has changed a tremendous amount. I mean, I started, when I started writing, uh, You know, I started writing Episodic TV. It was at a time where they had to hire two freelance writers to, to, oh, to write the freelance, days, the freelance yeah. day. You know, yeah. They had to hire two freelance writers to write, You know, and they were shooting 22 to three episodes yeah. of, of a show every season. So they really needed some help. They had smaller staffs, they mm-hmm. needed help. Um, you had to do it. I went in and pitched on tons and tons of shows and got assignment work um it doesn't work that way now uh i then when i started writing screenplays it was during the spec screenplay uh you know heyday where you could write a script and hopefully it was decent but the Mm -hmm. main thing was to have a great idea you could you could get it into development you could get paid to rewrite it you know maybe it would even get made they were making all these high concept comedies and romantic comedies and you know all of that it was it was there were were plenty of action movies and things but it was there was everybody there was it was really fair game you know, and people went to movie theaters. It was a right. very different time. That's gone. Yep. If somebody said, yeah, I want to write a spec screenplay now. What should I write?" I'd say, "Write a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> you'll sell it if it's good. You'll sell it. Don't yeah. write that. You know, that you know, unless you 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 know, you've got a great story. I I would never tell anybody not to write anything, but you know, write you know, write the story you want to tell. Sure. Blah blah blah. But if you want to sell something, write a Christmas movie. Okay,
1: let's get into something yeah. interesting. Let's 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 punch some right here. So what are the what are the tropes you hate seeing? In Christmas movies, yeah. What do you think oh. people keep doing wrong when they? Just <laughs> curious, you know, because it's hard to, uh, it's hard to not do the thing that is expected, right? right? right. Well, right, and 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 in many
2: cases, people like the comfort food of Christmas movies. Right. Now, now, it, Hallmark, for example, has. Um, which was kind of the you know the granddaddy of Christmas movies. I mean, they really kind of began. In fact, I wrote my first one for them in 2012, oh, okay. which was called Hitched, Hitched for the Holidays, and that was <laughs> and that was started off as a as a theatrical screenplay, mm-hmm. and it didn't sell. And ultimately, we made it into one of my favorite uh, um, of my of my movies, TV movies that are that have been made. Um, and there were fewer being made at that point. They they had a Christmas season, but it was not like it is now. Now it's a just a giant deal. So. Mm-hmm. People part of the success of them is that people like the happiness of them. Mm-hmm. They like the fact that in general, they whether it's a, a Hallmark movie, a Lifetime movie, Up, BET, Own—they're all making, doing, showing Christmas movies. People like the comfort of them, they like the fact that they can, and then you know they'll tell you, they they, they like that th- they can have it on in the background while they're making dinner, yeah. you know. Uh, they, 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 over, they, and over, over and over. over and over again. Yeah. They know it's a happy ending, and these last number of years have been difficult for so many people, and people yeah. just, it, it's, those have really come at a good time. So the tropes of happiness and, you know, the character who used to love Christmas and doesn't anymore, <laughs> and the person exactly. who comes into their life makes them love Christmas again, exactly it always it always works <laughs> it but, does but it you does. want to try to find the way to tell the story a little bit differently now mm-hmm. and and you know somebody said well <clears throat> what christmas movie should what should i tell them?" every possible story has been told well yeah they they it may seem that way but you can tell a similar story just tell it differently you can inver- well you
1: did with the film thing I, I, did I the, yeah. Flipped it. yeah
2: you know um uh you know you you write uh... you know listen there are way more diverse characters now sure. you know in christmas movies, so mm-hmm. you can you know you can you can write characters of point polo- of view is of, now of color you mm-hmm. can you can you can write uh you know a a gay character mm-hmm. you know and 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 certainly uh in the streaming world in hulu and 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 peacock and and uh um netflix and even c b s is making is showing Christmas movies mm-hmm. now, which is kind of amazing for broadcast t v to go back to what used to be their bread and butter t v mm-hmm. movies um so there's a lot more you can do, and then you can take a serious tack with it too. I mean, not every Christmas movie is a romantic comedy. Yeah. There are more more serious Christmas stories to tell. There's stories, stories about the homeless, the stories about about uh, mil- the mili- military, you know, veterans with PTSD. I mean,
1: there's there's lots of. There's I think s- Bad Santa changed it a little bit too. Didn't <laughs> yes, there's Bad Santa. <laughs>
2: right. um, so yeah, but I, I I think that they're fun to write. Um, you can put your personality into it however you want Mm -hmm. and if if it if it speaks to you and and you like them there's a lot of movies obviously tons of movies to watch to get an idea of how to do it what works i would watch the most recent ones you can because they have changed they have changed every year with the zeitgeist a little bit um and write them write one the best you can and there is a world for them if you want to see something made and you want to
1: get a paycheck I have and several. And enjoy yourself, too. We all have several favorite movies. My yeah. favorite movie of all time is What's Side Story? Just oh, a okay. whole nother story. The, the original, yes. The original. Yeah. The, the, new ones so the, I the new one? The new one? I like the new I, one. There was some shit they it did. Was I was good. like, holy crap. Yeah. Go ahead, Steven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my favorite Christmas movie is Love Actually. Love Actually, yeah. I yeah. could watch that thing sure. all day long. And people don't think <laughs> of that as a
2: Christmas movie per se, because it's, it's such a big romantic comedy, yeah. but it is set at Christmas But it Merry all centers around Christmas, sinners all, r- Christmas. Yeah, it yeah, all comes it's back.
1: Very, yeah. It's just so. I've seen it 40 times. I'm yeah. not exaggerating. Still, tears at the yeah, end. Know, it's great. You know what I mean? Just some movies can bring that out, yeah, you. and yeah, that's what great. you're saying. Yeah, yeah. they got to get to the heart.
2: Yeah, it's all about the this. look. It's all about characters, ultimately. Yeah. You know, and right. and and finding people we can relate to, care about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a short amount of time to really engage an audience. You know, these right. movies are are not. You know, they're they're in. Uh, you know, they're essentially 90 minute movies, 85 mm-hmm. minute movies. Um, yeah, and I've and, and yet writing these movies have always christmas movies have always helped me write other non-holiday romantic comedies and things like that because I've written many of those and right. and you know the the basic dynamic and setup is kind of similar um but it just gets keeps your head in it it's and just, not around, it's like just
1: not around an event like that it's just not
2: around an event like that although sometimes you know Hallmark does yeah. i have to think if I've done any of them but but they do they'll do valentines day yeah. wedding movies like that kind of thing around mm-hmm. wedding time but yeah i mean it's uh, i've been very fortunate and very grateful for 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 the tv movie work and i've had a very good time doing it i've met wonderful people um and hopefully i've entertained somebody you know what have have you
1: not done yet is there a genre is there a is there a story that you yes i have 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 many
2: many stories i would like to tell um and i need i need somebody (laughs) to let me tell the damn thing um i have a and this is just so out of my wheelhouse but Mm -hmm. i love the story um, there's a, um, there was a movie that came out in 1969 called The Honeymoon Killers, and oh, Mar- right. Martin Scorsese was the original director on okay. it, and he was fired after about four days on the job or a week because he was, he was going too slow, and it was a very low-budget <laughs> movie, and the writer ended up taking over, really? and it's the story of the, the Lonely Hearts Killers, which were a pair of serial killers th- uh, that were active in the late board, 1940s, hmm. and they posed as a brother and sister, but they were actually lovers. And they really? went on, the, they would, and, they, and they bilked like lonely widows out of their money. Um, the, the man in the in the in the in the pair, mm-hmm. uh, he would pretend to be the sort of sort of faux Latin lover type, mm-hmm. and he you know he would wine and dine these 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 wealthy older women, and they would turn all of his money their money over to him. Mm. But at a certain point, murder got involved because things didn't go too well. So these two, uh, uh, the, it, the Lonely it. Hearts Killers, they were called because they f- would find these women in the old Lonely Hearts columns and, <laughs> and you know classifieds <laughs> in the old magazines and stuff. They were executed at Sing Sing back to back mm-hmm. in in 1951, I think it was it was the most like the most publicized and covered criminal event that ever really? took place up until that time sure. and the irony was the, the characters were, she was a very, very large woman, and he was this kind of, this, this sort of faux Latin lover kind mm-hmm. of type of guy. They were made a very odd pair, but it's a fascinating story. I love it. And the movie that was made was really good. It's in black and white. It's just, it's like really gripping. It's a little campy, but it's really gripping. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a, a fantastic limited series to be made out of this, mm. this thing. It's very grim. You know, but look, they just did Dahmer, you know, and that, that's, Dahmer people are watching amazing. that. And Dahmer <laughs> was pretty, yes, Dahmer was pretty amazing. And in a way that I don't think you would think it would be going into it. So, same thing for this. So, that's one story I want to tell. Okay. The other story so I want So, that's darker. That's very dark. But it dark. speaks to some of the it's, things you're it talking about to, It speaks to love. It mm-hmm. speaks to obsession. It right. speaks to, uh, you know, I mean, I think... Betrayal. Betrayal, learning, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, I think you know, we we're writers. You know, mm-hmm. we don't have to always right who who we are sure. or what our world is i mean how wh- what fun is it sure. you know um i remember when my play april may and april may and june was on it was about three sisters mm-hmm. that was the whole cast three three women and somebody walked out of the play and she said to me god she says it was so good how do you know how to write women so well? and it's like I don't know they, they take up their half of our population you know I've been living around them for my entire life. I'm a writer I you know it's it's just but observation it, 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 observation, but it's a fair question you know yes. I guess you know and and all that so it's sort of like, I've written a couple of thrillers. I've written a couple of mysteries. Mm-hmm. You know, some spec things and a couple of assignment things and whatever. And it's been, you know, is it my is it my best work? Not necessarily, but I loved writing it, and sure. I think I wrote wrote the stuff well. And so I I really want to get involved with the honeymoon killers. It's just and it's just a great 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 story. But I like
1: it. I like seeing it as like as a limited series. Yeah, the great scene. limited yeah. series,
2: very very dark, but mm-hmm. really fascinating. A great period piece. Mm-hmm. And the original honeymoon killers from 1969 was not exactly set in the 1940s. It was kind of a vague past it may have even been set in the 60s so okay. so to really get down there and do it and have the budget to do it because that was that movie was made for $150,000 back then wow. which was very little yeah. which is which very little it's 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 done today but it's not like half like, a million doctors in there. yeah <laughs> nothing so um anyway so there's that and then i wrote a stage play a few years ago called okay. dinner at the harbor reef and that's the story of the last few hours of the life of natalie wood before mm. she went on back to the boat and no. ultimately died And the truth story is that before that, before they all went back to the boat, she, Robert Wagner, um, uh, um, Christopher Walken, Mm -hmm. and the boat captain, Captain Dennis Deverne, they all went to this restaurant on Catalina called Doug's Harbor Reef.
1: I just saw that Natalie Wood dock. Oh yeah, right, okay, sure.
2: So, and Doug's Harbor Reef, the restaurant is still there. It's not Doug's out of the picture, I think, but it's called the Harbor Reef. Mm -hmm. And I wrote this stage play. Which was all about the coming together of these four people mm. at that dinner, and what possibly could have happened that would have set up the conflict nice. that when they went back on the boat, the arguments that could have happened would have led her to, to you know to, to leave the boat and then ultimately drown. Yeah. Um, and it's based on I, I say it's it's a it's based it's a uh, it's based on fact, rumor, and Hollywood. <laughs> it, it's, it's, a, it's a true story that's cute. I like trace that, I like that. because it's it's all everything that that's in there is all everything we know about them everything mm-hmm. we've ever read about them good bad, or indifferent. things with that are pretty documented but then i took it all and sort of turned it on its ear and made it the the, the what if kind of story and it's a it's it, as a play it's really good we did a stage reading of mm-hmm. it with a full audience uh right before the pandemic and it was what was interesting was that People like really started talking about Natalie Wood again. It's like everybody was, and it's like this play is not about her death. Right. It's about before her death, but it still opens up that whole yeah. can of worms. I mean, people are fascinated with so, it. So to me, it'd be a fantastic. I love it. Fantastic love story, it. and I really, really want to write it. And what's cool about it is that it's a period piece. It's kind of timeless. Why don't you
1: write it on Spaghetti? Anyway?
2: Um, I'm go- eventually I'm going to. I mean, but the play, I'll tell you, the, the the play is, is really, I have to say, it came out really well. Mm-hmm. It it. Feels like a screenplay. Essentially, okay. uh, it's structured like a I'm screenplay. Sure, you could just adapt it a and little it's, bit. It's, yeah, it could definitely be adapted. Yeah. But it's something I I I actually have a producer attached to it now, who's mm-hmm. been trying to show it to some talent. We're trying to get somebody of consequence to play Natalie Wood, and if we can get her attached, and maybe we can start getting it into development somewhere. So that's I like, like that. one of my dream projects. Here's
1: here's why I think that one is really important. Mm-hmm. Just thinking about um, my friend Kent Powers from. Um, one night in Miami, I don't mm. know if you did saw yeah. that one. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <clears throat> but I mean, that's like a rumor story that everybody heard. Right, you know right. What I mean? It's very much. And like he was that. like, "Well, what the fuck happened behind right. those doors?" You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And wrote and this nobody thing. Nobody ever as a play. really
2: knows. Hasn't been. Do- wasn't documented that much. Yeah. Same thing with his dinner. Like, th- like it's been documented that they had the dinner, but nobody really knows what's going on. Uh, what what happened with it. Nobody was really paying attention because all the action happened afterwards. And in the play, I bring in a waitress and she's uh, the fifth character and she becomes kind of like the mirror for all of them. And and it's pretty interesting. But yeah, I think all those reimaginings of things are really very interesting.
1: Let me ask you this. How come, and are you, let's put it that way, is this something you would direct? You know what, I...
2: um, as I've never directed anything on film okay. uh, or TV, I've directed plays. I've directed. Well, That's most, why I was saying I know you could direct most of th- my readings. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I the thought of directing. It, it's uh, sure. It's something I'd like to do, especially mm-hmm. if I felt I was capable of doing it, yeah. and certainly if I had the, the right people around me to help. Um, but I've always been just so focused on writing, and it's a kind of a different head. It's kind of a different personality. Yeah. I I would say, my goal would be to find a great director mm-hmm. who I could collaborate with. And be on the same page about it with, and who could bring all the things to it that I couldn't and wouldn't think about. Um, but it's definitely the kind of thing that's so in my wheelhouse as as a topic. It's not a comedy. It's well, I say it's not a comedy. It's a. It's very um, turned out. When we did the reading, people were like, "This is like Who's Afraid of Virginia wolf with uh, with Natalie Wood and Robert Wagner. You know, and that yeah. was kind of interesting. And that's they, a compliment. Yeah, yeah. and there were dark, very again, very dark laughs to it, mm-hmm. but it's kind of serious. And you know, you want to just sort of keep it. But I still wanted to keep it buoyant, you know, um, and keep the the energy and the rat-t-tat of it all going. So I think there's I think there's that. But, yeah, I don't know. You know, directing, it's just something that I mean, I've never been given the opportunity, you know, off the off the stage or off of a a reading, you know, to do it. Um, I sometimes feel like here's 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 why I'm asking this question of that.
1: So. And I'm just talking, by the way. There's. So you're one of those people I was talking about <clears throat> that you know, is in the industry, a lot of people know who you are, you've been working consistently yeah. for years. Yeah. So it's like, how do you get to that next thing? And the other thing that I know, because we have the gay scene, which right. we haven't been able to do right. for a couple right. of years, is you write these amazing fucking scenes that could mm. be these little shorts that you could direct. Yeah. Yeah. You could put your own little yeah, 20 grand in if yeah. you wanted. And direct, you know what I mean, yeah. to show that you could do sure. that, and that's why I'm like, stop waiting for Hollywood. Let's yeah. let's go
2: shoot something. I could, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But you know, to me, my goal as is, is is first, my goal as a writer is to be able to, you know, get to, to one of these days be at that level of. Being able to get a film made, you know, or to be able to, you know, I've written many spec pilots, you know, and if I could get one of these pilots going and help create a TV series, you know, like, I, like I, I want to, in terms of branching out and being, doing something that is different, it still, for me, feels like it's within the world of writing the things that I have not been able to do, or haven't been focused on doing, or haven't had the opportunity to do, okay. so, you know, that's okay. part of it.
1: Here's the other thing that I would say to that. Mm-hmm. Is And I'm talking to you, I'm talking to everybody, yeah, yeah, so yeah. this isn't like me talking no. to you. I'll, what I would be thinking about is the next movie, you've now done fucking 15 movies, right. right? Let's just say. It's time to, and I don't know if you already are getting producer credits on those two or mm, not, sometimes. but I'd be fighting for that yeah. because that is going to make the next difference. And I'd be like, look, I want to be involved. I wanna be a part of the casting, I wanna be a part of the whatever. Yeah. Because that's gonna help you to get the thing you're talking about, right. not just because you sold a show. Right. They wanna know can you actually produce right. though. Right. And so that's why I would be trying to push, okay, whoever your agents are, the next one we need to, right. we've been doing this for too long, I've just been the writer. Right. You know, I can't even go to some of the sets, fuck <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You gotta change it a little bit yeah. otherwise if that's the route, is right. all I'm saying. If right. it's not going to be the route where you go ahead and right. direct and produce a couple of shorts or a sizzle to something to prove the point, right. like that one sounds contained, like you could probably do a cool little five yeah. minute sizzle on it to yeah, show I think what so. you wanted. I think so. So that's why I'm like, yeah. but that's how my mind is. I'm always like, oh, fuck Hollywood. What can I do right. over here to show them that I could do some shit? Right. And well, if I, like, you
2: know, to me, it's all about access, it's all about who you can get material to that makes a difference. Who's, who actually has the, you know, how do you get it to, to somebody who's really making stuff? How, do you, how, do you, how are you able to be seen by the Ryan Murphys of the world or, you know, wh- whoever is really, really active, you know, the Greg Berlantes, the people who really have huge deals and need material and this, this kind of stuff is in their wheelhouse. It's how do you get it to somebody there that really will pay attention? And that's always, I'll that is always difficult. i tell
1: you As somebody who's in a position that I'm in now, yeah. I'd rather watch it than to read it. Hmm. Which so is very, I'll keep which it like there, that.
2: Which is very sad for a writer.
1: I'm just going to be on. Yeah. And you got to know that yeah. as somebody who has to read 30, 40 scripts a week, mm-hmm. you think I want to keep reading 30, 40 right. scripts a week? And then all right. of a sudden a, a cool sizzle comes in. I'm like, okay. let me see that. Right. That's <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? That's interesting. So that's why yeah. I would say that. I'd be like, I'm not waiting for Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put together 20, 30 mm-hmm. grand. I'm going to go ahead and just put together a team. We're going to cast some people in this thing. You know, some people who have been in your plays, yeah. they probably could just play the yeah, role. Sure, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. So just as an example, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, Well,
2: you know, all, you know, to that end, also, you talk about you know dream projects and things. Certainly, these two books, you know, really lend themselves to films. I've right. I've I've written the screenplay of the Last Birthday Party, mm-hmm. and that was adapting. That was a pretty interesting exercise. Right. Um, uh, you know, the Mother Never Had is very cast the ball and very emotional, and you know, it's the kind of thing that, that, that seems to get made. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's about really the business and about how you kind of move this material forward in a meaningful way right. where people really pay attention. You know? And, and that's, that's always, to me, to me that's the, the difficulty. We were talking about nemes- nemesis, mm-hmm. nemesis before, <laughs> your nemesises. Uh, you know, and, and to me in the business, the nemesises are, are just, I wouldn't say the gatekeepers, that's not fair, but just like the, the, the system. There, there are ma- so many writers writing and so many people trying to make things happen. I always say, if I was the only writer writing, I'd work all the time, you know, but it's just there's yeah. so many people doing it. So how do you cut through that noise and how do you, how do you show the people who are making the decisions that, or, or, or just get them to pay attention to, to your but work? We're, you but know?
1: we're in a place, so we are just have a conversation. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. We're in a place where Hollywood expects you, like, I, oh God, I get these questions asked three or four times a week from emerging writers. And they're like, "Well, I have a meeting with this producer next week at such and such a company, but I know they were—they're were expecting me to bring in the talent, the director. Right. But I'm like, why are companies expecting people to bring in? Yeah,
2: well, they—they they don't because they want it. They, who, who's attached. What's what's the package? I, I wrote the damn thing. I came up with it. Like, what's your job? You know, it's 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 like exactly. that. But when you but but for to be fair, when you look at how much material is out there and how do you get? something, um, you know, more to the top of the pile, I understand it. So, right. but then here's the, the issue, like for example, on my book, The Last Birthday Party, I had given it to uh, an actor who I know. Mm-hmm. And he's a good name actor, could absolutely be in a position to, to help move move it forward. Um, perfect for the part, exact age and all of that. Respected actor. And uh, he read it, he goes, I love this book, it's great. He said, well, um, he says, as soon as there's, a, there's a, you know, as soon as you can make a deal, let me know. And it's like, yeah. well, let me explain to you. You know, you you probably know that I can get a I can get a deal going, or I can at least you know move forward with trying to get a deal. Yes. If you if you're attached, doesn't <laughs> yeah. even mean you have to do yeah. it. Yeah. Just say so and so says. In it, the event that this in comes the event about, I'm yes. in, and you know those <clears throat> things change all the time. Right. Yeah, but my agent won't really let me do that, and it's you know whatever. So mm-hmm. that's the trick. But if you can find, if you happen to know, be know uh, an actor who you know or an actress who is like, uh, you know, yeah, just attach me. You know i mean, i i had a, a the option on, on a book a while back about five years ago and um there was an actress who w- we thought would be perfect i had i did have a director attached for, mm-hmm. for a film film adaptation and we got this actress and that is what got us our piece in, in deadline the fact that we had this actress who attached yeah. herself and you know the film hasn't been made yet but sure. but It was just great because she was like, look, you know what? This is a great part for me. I'd love to do it. If it happens, great. If not, I appreciate you thinking about me. She's kind of a name, you know, and it's like that's what you do. But but that's very difficult. But that's that's ultimately how you can get something moved forward, put to the top of the pile, if you have the wherewithal to do it. However, it's very hard for people to do it. And if you're going to spend, as a writer, if you're going to spend so much of your time having to package and be a producer... You know, it's like, what do you want to do? What 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 role do you want to play in in your life and your
1: career? And it's just it, that part's changed a lot. It really has. And yeah. And, I don't and know, for you know. for me, I just have always been the I'm not waiting for Hollywood guy. You know yeah, me. Yeah. <clears throat> and so that's why I'm like, okay, somebody like you who works as much as you do, has a track record. where You could literally, you know, Google you or IMDb you, and you see all these credits. You know, you've been in the game yeah. for a long time. I'm like, well, what's the next step? is now proven I'm a producer. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's where I'm trying to whether you direct it or not. Right, right. It's just about proving that you're the producer right, guy right. so that they will have to respect you in a different way. That's right.
2: well it's interesting. I mean I, I don't I don't always think of it in in those sure. terms, you know, but because I'm I'm always kinda well, focused. Comfortable. Yeah. Well, no I'm not I'm not. I'm always I'm always looking for the next, you know <laughs> for the next gig and for the next, you know, how, how to make my things happen, whatever. Right. But so I'm focused on one one road. But you know, one thing I have learned is that time goes very fast. And, you know, you can six months of your of your life and your career can just go by in a flash. And if you don't have something to show for it, that you've moved something forward, that's kind of a loss of time. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. You know, and just because you set out to do something doesn't mean it's going to happen. But if you don't do it, it'll never happen. Right. You know, so. um, it's like people will say sometimes to me, you know, and I'm no different than most writers, you know, but, but people who will say to me who are not writers, how do you write so much? How do you get, how do you get the discipline to get this stuff done? And <laughs> God, I could never sit there that long. It's like, well, a, you're not a writer, and b. Sure if i don't do it it doesn't get done there's nobody i don't have no team of people right. ready to take over for me you know it's just it's just we're kind <laughs> Bill, of tell the dog to come really, in. exactly <laughs> yeah, i can't get my dog to do anything um you know we're, we're kind of uh one man one one man bands in you know in, in so many respects yeah. so and, and you do see the stories all the time about you know writers who have just added that extra Layer onto their 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 yeah. work or what they're trying to do, and that thing alone has just opened that one door, you know. And that's what we do think
1: about. So I, I
2: appreciate the input. I, I think I'm, it's only, really, I'm only I'm only really talking valuable, out,
1: yeah. I'm only talking out loud. Like, damn, if I was in his yeah. position, like, what would I be doing differently? Yeah. I you think know, you over I, would, I think you
2: may overestimate my position, but
1: that's that's another well, thing. <laughs> I just mean, but but you got to know how many writers wish yeah. they were you. Yeah, I'm listen. I'm like I said, I'm very you very know, grateful to be able know. to be working, to have your insurance, yeah. to be able to yes. make those green envelopes. Yes. You were doing the thing everybody wants to be doing. Yeah. Do they want to be doing it on a bigger scale like you do? Mm-hmm. Of course, but they would be lovely right. to be in your position. Right. Right. You right. know, well, almost I'm, every year you got to move. I'm happy with out. it. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I'm, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So that to me is you are already living the dream. What drives you though, which is still a nemesis, is more. Right. Is more. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. that's that's all I'm saying yeah. is okay.
2: Yeah. And how to get those dream projects move forward is really what it is. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah, yeah How, like yeah. that's that's and that's what Donald is doing now is I'm not doing anything if I'm not a producer. like mm-hmm. he's like pushing himself in yeah. that type of a way and I yeah. know you could do the yeah. same. yeah just because it's not like you have one movie right and like 10 or 12 of those things yeah. so you can easily be like okay i think i deserve well uh,
2: honestly in terms of pro- you, know, you know producing credits it really depends upon what where you are and what venue you're with and networks i think that, that becomes like kind of a, a business decision that like I, I ended up getting producer credits executive producer producer credits when i, I had the, the rights to certain books and then okay. made those like Mr. 365 right. was a book i had the i held the rights to it for about 4 years i got the, got got it set up and ultimately, I was like, well, you know, I'd like exact producer credit, and what goes with that, because and it's not a money thing; it's just, it's just the the, the um, you know the perception of sure. like you know you have done more yeah. than just write write the script. And ultimately, I got that, and it was helpful, and I was it's able to be more more involved. But yeah, I mean, th- those are the kind of things, which is why I also have option a number of bo- other bo- other writers' books um and uh you know that i'm trying to move forward i have a without getting into it i have you know like a few others that i i really passionate about that i really really want to want to see made that i put a lot of effort into trying to get made in a, in a producer capacity sure. in that you know finding other producers to work with and i, I would because i find found these this material and it's unique and special and i went to you know went to you know, really worked with the authors to to get the rights and to to meet with them and all that. Then you are you are basically that's, a producer. That's producer. That's it. You know, <laughs> exactly. and that's it. And that's where it, you know it's really you valuable. come with yes. the elements. You come you with know. it. So it's like if you want this, I I want to I I want to adapt it. I want to be the writer and I also want to be yeah. a producer on it because I would like to after all of this work, I'd like to be able to have a little more input. Mm-hmm. And I think my input is real is valuable. Right. You know, that's the that's the thing. One thing I will say, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you could say it for yourself, is that at a certain point in, 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 in experience, you do have the goods that your your opinions are valuable. Yeah. You know, and all we have is opinions. You know, everybody's got an opinion. But, but I think when you have enough experience, I kind of know of where I speak, just having been through it, not sure. because I'm so great or brilliant, but just you've experienced it. Right. You know, and that, that has to be valuable for something. And I will also say that when you are doing something for a long time, um, there's a great value to... To what you have been through, and part of it is a psychological value right. you know how you can approach things and how you can you know sort of how you can keep your personality and, and your own issues away from the work much right. more because you know when you're when you kind of start i know when I was starting out I was much more everything was so critical and every you know, every meeting I had was like life and death and all of that, and then at a certain point, you realize, you know, mo- most meetings you have, nothing comes of it, Yep. you know, so why don't I just go drink some nice water, <laughs> you know, sit, in a ni- sit in a nice chair, look mm-hmm. at a nice view, have a nice chat with, be- everybody's always very nice, mm-hmm. you know, and just enjoy it, and walk out, and then go on to something else. Yeah. And occasionally, they do come back to you. Um, but that yeah. took a lot of years of sort of rethinking. How many
1: times have you, had a meeting with somebody years ago and then they hit you up years later and they're in a whole other company. Sometimes. That yeah. has happened. Yes, and, it's
2: so, and, it, and what it shows is that you have to, you know, networking to, to whatever extent you can is important, keeping in touch with people, yeah. even sending them a, a congratulations email yeah. or a note uh, when they've been promoted to another company because the world is very round. And, 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 and I think that's really important. You know, it, it's very much about, it's business is about you know, what you can do yourself, but who you know who you right. know is, is is a big part of it Indeed. yeah for sure
1: awesome good well thank you man thank good, you it's good to have you on here buddy absolutely it's absolutely. been a minute
2: since we i know i know i was saying we were saying in the beginning how you know we haven't seen so many people since before the pandemic oh my and God. we would see each other crazy. like two time. or three times a week know, it's, it's, it's like crazy one, it? yeah <laughs> miss all our writer's guild stuff but we'll <laughs> <laughs> get back to it i'm sure we will 2023 i'm yeah. thrilled for all your success thank you man it's always great you're just such an inspiration
1: so everybody go on Amazon.com and get... Or your, your local bookstore. Or the, oh, okay. Or local <laughs> bookstore. Uh, the Mother I Never Had. Um, new hot release. Um, let's see, what does it say? The All New Contemporary Literature and Fiction Book. Yes,
2: it came out today. It was, it was number... Number four. four. The, the Kindle was number four, and mm-hmm. the paperback was number six. in All Amazon's new releases in, under Contemporary Literature and Fiction, which That's was that. kind of awesome.
1: But I'm telling you guys, a dude could write his butt off. Yeah. So... One of my favorite writers. So it's it's awesome. You're the best. I know. Really? (laughs) (laughs) You are. (laughs) Where can people follow you and uh, sell the book wherever you want? Oh, sure.
2: Yeah. um, uh, I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram. It's at Gary Goldstein LA. You can find me on Facebook. I have a personal page and an author page. Uh, I have a website, GaryGoldsteinLA.com, where you can find out way more than you'd ever want to know about me. (laughs) Uh, And I appreciate the support and uh, hope you'll read The Last Birthday Party. Watch uh, Lights, Camera, Christmas and they even dig up my last book uh, uh, dig up my last book The Last Birthday Party buy the new book uh, The Mother I Never Had and check out um, uh, Lights, Camera, Christmas
1: that's what's so up that's a lot awesome right and I'm your host Hilliard Guest you guys can find me on Twitter I always say Twitter like I'm cool by the <laughs> way <laughs> I'm also on Instagram Facebook everything Hilliard Guest very simple um, please follow the show um, go on iTunes Stitcher Apple Podcast Spotify whatever you guys listen to Anchor we're everywhere all over the world. Um, please go on and give us a five-star review. We need that for the metrics. It's important. <clears throat> um, big shout-out to everybody around the world who's been sending us lights, emails and going on our screenwritersrr.com, buying T-shirts and stuff. That's been really cool. Um, let me see. So many things going on. So many things going on. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you again, Gary. Thank you, Hillary. Good to see you, great. my great. Great to see you. Um, if you guys are grown... Uh, thank you, and uh, we will see you guys next time. You know how we're doing on The Rant Room, on the show. We keep it real, we keep it opinionated, and we keep it 2022. 20, Peace. Yeah,
2: man, I got something to get off my chest.
1: Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is The ramp Room. Tons won't be bitten. Ain't no rules, just spill it. And anybody can get it. No limit, we get to kill it. You're tuning into The Rillers. And no, ain't no stopping. No. Any topic, even the random. We get to brand. Brand. I hope that you ready. We entering in the zone soon. We on a grown shit. Welcome to the ramble.
0: That's it. That's all I got to say.